I want to talk to you tonight about, if you want peace, prepare for war. Now, I know some of you are thinking, what kind of message is this? Is this promoting violence? But I tell you, it's not. I want you to think about it. Every major conflict that we've had, World War I, World War II, the Vietnam War, there was a time of peace afterwards. And that can be applied to your situation as well. But that situation will require for you to prepare for you to fight and for you to fight to win the war. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. If you want peace, you'll have to fight for it because peace is a fight. No matter how long the war is, you have to keep fighting and keep fighting if you want to find that peace. The war may get tiring, but you can't give up. When you're fighting this war, you can't rely on your own strength at all. Because if you do that, you'll lose the war. You may feel weak in the battle, but where we're weak, He is strong. Isaiah forty twenty nine says, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. And that was in the NLT version. Now you may get tired, and that's okay. But whatever you do, don't give up, because the second you give up, the battle was lost. When you feel like giving up, remember Isaiah forty one ten, which says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When God empowers you, no one will be able to keep up. Like Elijah in 1 Kings 18.46, and this is out of the NLT. It says, Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. When God empowers you, you'll be able to go on for days because at that point you're running on supernatural energy. Isaiah forty thirty one says, But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Not only do you have to fight for your peace, but you also have to prepare for the war. The good news is God has already equipped us with everything we need for the war. We can find it in Ephesians 6, 10-17, which says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's the message in, it, in itself, but let's continue reading. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in this, the evil day, and, have, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the perspiration of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. One of the most weapons in our arsenal is the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, I collect swords and knives and stuff like that, and some of them are sharp. And when I say sharp, you, you can cut with them. Um, it has been done, not by me. I'm not going to go into that. This is not what you're thinking. Um, 
So, so can you just imagine how much more sharper that the Word of God is if it's more sharper than a two-edged sword? So, so another weapon that we also have is prayer. First Chronicles 16.11 says, Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. And that's out of the NIV. There are several times in the Bible where Jesus or one of the disciples or the prophets would pray for someone and something and instantly a miracle would happen. Another we happen is the weapon we have is the weapon of worship. I guarantee you, if you sit back and just worship Him, your situation will start to change. Acts 16.25 says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to Him. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaking, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. Notice at the start of verse 26, it says, Suddenly. You just got to love when it says suddenly in the Bible. Notice when they were in prison in a dark moment, and it it was midnight, so it was literally a dark moment. Instead of complaining, they worshipped. I wonder what would happen when it seems like we're defeated. The doctor says it's certain death. Our boss informs us that we're getting laid off, but instead of complaining, being afraid, or worrying, we stopped ourselves and we worshipped God during the situation. How different the situation would be instead of it being he was defeated, it turns into suddenly the battle was won. Or she will certainly die, it turns into suddenly her health turned around. Instead of the company shutting down and letting everyone go, it turns into and suddenly everyone was able to keep their jobs. What I'm about to tell you is important. You have to plan for victory. I watched a movie the other day and it was a football movie. So just to sum it up, the team had a losing record. They got a coach, a new coach, and he turned their season around, and they started winning their games. Well, they come to they came to play the team that had won the championship five the last five years into a row, and so they were intimidated at it. They went into the game already defeated, and they lost. But I wonder what would have happened if they went into this saying that I'm going to win. So you have to prepare and expect you're going to you're going to win. I think the most powerful weapon we have in our arsenal is the presence of God. The wonderful thing about the presence of God is it's with you no matter where you are. You could be in the deepest, darkest hole, but God is still with you. Psalms 145, 18-19 says, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear Him. He will also hear their cry and save them. So do you know what's going on in heaven right now as we speak? The angels are circling the throne of God saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, is, and is yet to come. But when you call the name of God, something happens. God says, hey, 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 calm down a little bit. The angels continue just a little bit quieter. Holy, 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 holy the Lord God Almighty who was is it is and is yet to come but you keep crying out God I can't do this on my own I need you God says I gotta go Colton Adams is calling my name my son my daughter is calling my name when you do that it turns into and suddenly the situation turned around 
When Satan fell from heaven, a third of the angels fell with him. And I've never been good at math. But last time I checked, two-thirds is more than one-thirds. And the two-thirds is what's left in heaven. So automatically, there are more for you than there are against you. 2 Kings 14-17 through 17 says, Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Webster's Dictionary defines a call to arms as a summons to engage in active hostilities or a summons, invitation, or appeal to undertake a particular course of action. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is, the part, is part two of this message, and Lance is going to give that to you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Colton. Thank you, Colton. I don't know if y'all realize this or not, but our, our church family has been fighting. Some of us have been fighting for our lives. Some of us have been fighting for our families. Some of us have been fighting for our finances. And I'm here to tell you that, that right now, tonight, we put an end to that fight and we come back in victory. This church will no longer be bowed over, bent over, and bullied around by Satan because on that cross, he was defeated in Jesus' mighty name. He cannot stand against you. He tried to sit me down at the first of the year. You know what happens when you sit me down at the first of the year in the middle of my 21 day fast? 10 days of COVID? I got 10 days to spend with Jesus. You may have sent a sickness, but when I come out of there, I come out of there with a word from God. The only thing he gave me was the letters or the numbers 20 and 22. So I open up my Bible to Exodus 20, 22. It states, and the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the people of Israel, You have seen for yourselves that I have talked with you from heaven. For number one, the beginning of the strategy is be ready because God's just going to talk to us. He's just going to speak to us. He's going to speak through into our lives and He's just going to commune with us. So I don't know if you've been praying and ain't been hearing nothing, but I'm here to tell you right now, pray a little harder. You're just going to hear from God because that's a promise. Leviticus 20.22 states, You shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my rules, and do them that the land where I am bringing you to live may not vomit you out. Now I know some of us have fallen short. A little bit of sin has been tackling us down. But I'm here to tell you right now, God is with you. His Holy Spirit is within you. And you can stand up against it. Say, I will no longer have those unclean thoughts. I will no longer think that way. I will no longer be aggravated. I will no longer walk against my God. But I will keep His statutes. See, there's a thing when it comes to God. He gives the rules and He makes the ultimate. He's the perfect judge. And I heard it stated like this just a couple weeks ago. He is the perfect judge. He stated the rules and if you break them, you're going to have to pay the price. But I heard it explained like this. See, there were two men. Went through school together. One became a judge and he was a righteous judge. He did the right things. Well, the other one fell off a little bit and he started breaking laws. They hadn't seen each other for many years. Then all of a sudden, the, the, the man come in to the, to the courthouse and he was standing there. And, and, and the judge realized who it was that was standing down there. His good friend, his best friend, somebody he had grown up with. 
was standing down there and he was just going to have to hand him a fine that he knew he could not afford. So he handed that fine and then he took off his judging outfit. He walked down there and then he wrote a check for the same fine. I'm here to tell you right now, I don't know what it is that you've done, what you've lived for, and what you think you're going to stand in judgment for, but it's already paid for. God has come and he has paid for it. And it is time for us to walk in the fact that it is paid for. You can't get something from me because it's already paid for. You can't bring in old thoughts and old ways back to me because it's already paid for. I don't know about you, but I have from time to time, my past will, will flare its ugly little face and it'll come and look at me. And I'll have memories. And it wasn't until just a couple of weeks ago I realized what I was supposed to do. Whenever I would have an angry thought or something from my past would show up and show out, all I'm supposed to do is this. It's not mine, Lord. It's yours. It's not mine, Lord. It's yours. You said it's not mine, Lord. I'm sorry I did that. And right there in that instant, I hear in my heart and in my soul, I cast it now into the sea of forgetfulness. So I don't know what you're facing and what the Holy Spirit's bringing to your mind right now, but no, it is paid for. The very next one we're going to step into is Judges 20:22. But the people, the men of Israel, took courage and again formed the battle line in the same place where they had formed it on the first day. Now, when I read this, I started to think about where I had formed the battle line. Where had I drawn a line and said that I would not cross this anymore? And I remember to a day, right after my wife had passed away, I was living in all kinds of addiction. But my parents had drugged me into this church over here and they made me go every Sunday. And I didn't care nothing for it at all. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't want to be in there. I didn't think I knew what they were talking about. But one day, Stephen Yarborough was, uh, was up there and they were singing a song. And, and, and that song, I remember now, it was I Surrender. And I don't know what it was about this song, but I, I felt something in my heart start to get pulled on. And as, as the song kept going, I started to think about how this is not who I am. What I'm doing right now is not who I am. I'm better than this. I don't know why I'm better than this, but I know I'm better than this. And I know I can overcome what it is I'm facing. And at that, that time, I was highly addicted to methamphetamines. And I don't know if you know anybody who's ever messed with that stuff. It's not something you give up easily. It's not something that you have strength to do. But I was sitting right there and I wrote a note to, to Jackie and I said, the only words I could say was, I need help. And whenever Stephen Yarbrough said that, here I am down on my knees again. All I could do was just start walking to the altar. It was like something was pulling me to that altar. And I, and I got up there and I had tears in my eyes. And every bit of pain and everything I'd ever lived with was on my shoulders. And it just felt too heavy. And it was so heavy that I just hit my knees and I cried. I cried like I had never cried in my whole life. And right then and there is when I had drawn a line in the sand. I had said, I will not let you cross this line anymore. This is not who I am. This is not who I'm going to be. I will walk forever more different than this. I didn't know why Jesus was calling me. I didn't know why that I was supposed to be different than that. But I knew something in my heart that it was going to be different. So I'm here to tell you, men, it's time for us to figure out where that battle line was drawn. Where was it first we drew that line at? And we got to get back to it this year. 
I promise you right now, this year, I am going to spend more time on my knees with my Lord because that is where the battle line is drawn. That is where my family will be taken back. That is where my, my, my this town will be taken back is because of men and women on their knees before God crying out. They can't handle it no more. This place needs you, Lord. I would love to make you think that I can go out and make a difference, but I can't. But, oh, I got a God on my back. I got a God on my back that can help me. He can help me battle. He can help me take back Camden, Arkansas. He can help me take back Victory School. He can help me take back Cardinal School. He can help me take back anywhere because he's with me. He will never need me nor forsake me. Second Samuel twenty twenty two. Now, Now, ladies... I want y'all to hear this because when, 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 when I read over this, I thought of my wife. My wife is not a speaker. She's not one that's going to get up and grab a microphone and get up here and speak. But she is a warrior. You better know this. My wife is a warrior. She will go into her prayer closet and she will go into her quiet time and she will tell the enemy exactly what he can do. How he cannot have me. He cannot have her children. So when I read over this, the only thing I could think was, oh, Lord. What are you fixing to do through the women in Victory Church? 2 Samuel 20, 22 states, Then the women went to all the people in their wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Betri, and threw it out to Joab. So he blew the trumpet, and they dispersed from the city, every man to his home, and Joab returned to Jerusalem. Now, I, 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 I had never read this story. I didn't know who Sheba was, so I read back just a little bit. At this point in time, Sheba was the one that was gathering people away from David, away from King David, away from God. So I don't know, ladies, what you think is pulling your family away from God, but I'm here to tell you right now, God is just going to empower you to cut the head smooth off of it. I don't care what it is. The God is just going to empower your voices to where you can stand up against it. Whether it be young men and young women, getting confused by the world and the way things are moms you can stand up against it if it be a grandbaby that don't know who jesus is for real grandmas you can stand up against it out it don't it can be anything you could possibly think of i'm here to tell you right now god is just to empower the women at victory church because y'all are strong women of god full of faith sorry i'm a little fired up Woo! come on come on jesus let's hear it First Kings twenty twenty two. Then the prophet came near to the king of Israel and said to him, Come, strengthen yourself and consider well what you have to do. For in the spring, the king of Assyria will come up against you. Now, I did a little bit of research to figure out exactly what, what, what the, the king of Assyria could mean. And Robert Moore says it like this. The Antichrist, the same word, that you use for the Antichrist in other places in the Bible is translated the Assyrian. Now, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but even in Canada, they have voted that this Bible that we read and this Bible that we love, they say it's a myth. Now, not only are you coming against the people of God, but now you're coming against the Word of God. And I'm here to stand up against you right now and say, you cannot. My king is coming back. And you cannot stand against us. The more and the harder you... You know what happens when you press a Christian? When you squeeze a Christian? Jesus comes out. 
So I dare you. You press on the church and you press on Christians and watch what you'll face. You may think that you're facing me, but you're not. You're facing the king of glory. And he is ready to come back and redeem his church. Second Chronicles 2022. 20, and when they, be, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Who had come against Judah so that they were rooted. Some of us out here, we need to praise a little harder. Some of us out here need to turn on the worship music first thing in the morning. Because we don't know how to face what we're facing. We don't know how to defeat. We can't push this mountain. We're not strong enough. Some of us feel surrounded. I know I feel surrounded. I feel quite surrounded today in fact. You may not realize this or may know or not. My wife called me this morning when I was just to start work. And she was teary-eyed. And she told me that her daddy passed away from COVID first thing this morning. And this is a man who I, I dearly loved. When he seen the best in me when I was doing the worst. He believed in me enough to pick me up on my feet and do what he could to get me close to Jesus. So as I drove to where my wife was at, I was bawling and I was crying and I was crying out, Lord, what do you want me to do? What can I possibly do to make my wife feel better? That was her daddy. What can I possibly do? And he said, praise, just worship. That's exactly what, he, what her deity is doing right now. He is standing right here beside me, praising and worshiping. See, y'all don't know this, but he had had, lung, he had, had uh, throat cancer and he had lost his throat. He couldn't speak. He had one of those machines that he talked like this. But he loved to sing, loved to worship. So as I got into my house, I turned on his favorite song. I can only imagine. And as I started to sing this song, all the thoughts and all the dread and all the, the sorrow left, left my entire house. And as I continued to sing this song, all the thoughts that were coming against me about how I hadn't, hadn't showed this man enough appreciation, how I was worried about my wife and how I was, and it all just left. And I'm here to tell you for a fact my God proved that as I worshiped, that he would send an ambush against those enemies that may be coming against me. And I'm here to tell you right now, my wife drove to Missouri singing and laughing and dancing because she knows that her daddy is in glory right now. Come on up here, Colton. Even the strongest of apostles and preachers, the disciples, were not that strong. They walked with Jesus, but they was kind of stupid. I mean, come on. The last minute, Peter decided he was going to cut an ear off. And he had walked with Jesus. Jesus gave another promise. 
And I'm going to ask you to take a step out of your vehicle, step out in front of it, or if you're on quarantine, flip your lights on. Because we're going to hear what this promise was. And I'm going to pray for God to give us, each and every one of us, exactly what He promised in John 20, 22. In John 20, 22, it states this. And when He had said this, He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I need a little extra. I need a little more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of what is given to me. I want more of His Spirit flowing through me. I want to be able to walk by somebody that is a lunatic, look at them and say, leave that man alone and watch the demon leave in Jesus' mighty name. I want to walk up to those that are sick, lay hands on them and watch them recover in Jesus' mighty name. I want to see this town change just because my shadow crossed by something. 